Triple Play Fantasy's football show with D. Mindy, Brastadamus, Doc, and Johnny Foosball starts now. What's going on, everybody? Welcome in to the Triple Play Fantasy Football Show, a proud member of the Fantasy Points Group and Fantasy Points Media. No David here this week. David's taking a hiatus, so we got Eric Doc hosting. I got my normal crew. I got Johnny Football with me. John, we picked a good week for David to not be on here, so that way we don't have to uh, talk yeah. about that AFC yeah. West game. We don't have to talk about anything, and I was I was actually going to say, I'm not even watching next week. It's just been too sad for me to watch uh, some some crap teams after they get me excited for the third year in a row, so I'm taking next week off from watching watching the Raiders. Okay. All right. Well, I, on a happier note, how's uh, the planning for Nicole's birthday party going? It's it's gone, dude. It's gonna be a murder mystery party. Uh, has there been a murder? Yeah, I'm gonna host it. Um, it's gonna be gonna be hot stuff. Okay. All right. Well, I'm starting to get prepared for that. We also got the other member of Triple Play, the triple threat of Triple Play. He does football, he does basketball, he does the movie minutes. That Bradstreet Domus himself. What's going on? I like that, man. I'm about to change my name to the Triple Threat of Fantasy instead of uh, Bradstreet Domus. CM trademark it. There you go. I'll give you a cut. All right. I love it. I love it. And then we got a special guest this week, and we welcome in a man who is truly one of a kind, the co-founder of Front Yard Fantasy, co-host of the Fantasy Football Game Show. You can find him anywhere. Taking a bath, under the sink, scaring his girlfriend, or at Clemson Games, eating pizza out of a bush. The only guy I know on Twitter who has chest hair showing in his Twitter picture. The only guy with a tattoo of a calf on his calf we welcome in simon gruneveld and i said his last name right because i asked how to pronunciate it two minutes prior what's going on simon yo that was the best intro i've ever gotten i'm gonna like clip that and use it when people ask me like describe yourself in three words i'm like i'm not playing this game just listen to eric uh he's got it down right there now this is a uh, this is exciting being on here because when jl jl and i were first starting i remember we talked with you jl the very first guest appearance he did was on your show um and this is my First time coming on over here. I'm, I'm really excited getting on here with you guys. Yeah, and, and we got a great show. Simon, you know, us being in the fantasy community and, you know, JL and I have known each other since middle school. But tell us some of the things that Front Yard Fantasy has coming up, what you guys have been working on, because you guys are killing it. Yeah, I appreciate that. Um, yeah, so the main thing we do Monday through Friday, every day at 3 p.m. Eastern time. We've been doing it for over a year now. Uh, we go live with the Fantasy Football Game Show. Uh, so you can always find us at 3 p.m. on our YouTube channel and Twitch channels, Front Yard Fantasy. On top of that, we've got office hours two times a week, 4.15 on Tuesdays and Thursdays, immediately following the game show. So you can play some games, stick around to get your fantasy questions answered. Uh, then we recently started doing some work with FanDuel as well. So that's been exciting on Friday evenings. Uh, we've got a show on the FanDuel YouTube and Twitch channels playing some more games. So if you like the fantasy football game show, uh, you'll love coming over there and playing some more games with us. And then on Sunday nights at 7 p.m. Eastern time, uh, we are live on the FanDuel YouTube and Twitch doing the Sunday night recap. Uh, so we recap that day's fantasy games, go through them game by game, talk about players, big busts, big breakouts, just kind of hang out and talk about the games that we all watch that day. You guys have Good very point. understanding girlfriends. It's a very packed schedule, but I guess it <laughs> offsets it offsets having a full time job. But um, <laughs> I, that that's great stuff, and and definitely tune in and make sure if you haven't caught some of front yard stuff. We got a good show today, fellas. We're gonna do a week ten recap. Got some news and notes coming on. Of course, our short story. Got a new segment, Keeper Dump. Stuff or fluff, obscure tight end, touchdown of the week, and the question and game of the week, which are a surprise, except for the game of the week because John's hosting it. Fellas, are you ready to get another episode started? Let's do it. Okay, well, I'm going to play the intro then. I'm not going to steal David's line. Here you go. <laughs> all right, all right. We're going to start out with a little bit of news and notes. And Brad, I want to start off with you on this one because this is your guy. Cam Newton signed with the Panthers. He went wow. three of four with eight yards, a passing touchdown, three carries, 14 yards, a rushing touchdown, and a I'm back to the crowd. He's taken first team reps this week, looks in line to start Sunday. What are your expectations for him rest of the season? Honestly, you know, I'm, I'm glad to see him back. I'm glad he had that great first showing. Um, I was listening to Bomani Jones on ESPN say something about, you know, it's, it's not so much about what he does the entire time. It's just that he, 
everybody wanted him to have that moment, just that moment of like something to give the fans to remember of him coming back as opposed to just how it all ended. So um, I'm happy for that as opposed to what I expect from him the rest of the year, pretty much what I expected from him in, in new England. And that's, you know, he's going to score on the ground. He's going to get those rushing touchdown vultures. Um, I'm not expecting much through the air. I'm expecting them to move the ball, but you know, I think this is always going to be a team that's run through Christian McCaffrey. And I think that's what you can expect. I, I don't know that I'd, I'd give any of the receivers an upgrade or a downgrade from what Darnold or PJ Walker was going to do. Um, I think it's about just what the the versatility that Cam brings to the offense because he can run the ball. So um, I, I think it's it's still about CMC in Carolina. So I forgot our QB rankings last year, but I think he had Cam as QB ten, right? I was hoping you wouldn't bring that up. Yep. Is he is he a top twelve quarterback rest of the season with that rushing upside? No. Okay. Okay. Oh, you should have stuck with your guns, bro. Yeah, I was I was expecting to have a little bit of banter. I mean, Simon, John, any anything else? I mean, do you guys have him inside the top twelve? I have we're, him. We're gonna talk 12. about him at the pumper or the keeper dump segment. But I mean, I just hate how now I have to think: do I do I actually keep Robbie Anderson? Yeah, that, that's why I put it in there. <laughs> a little bit of foreshadowing from John. But Simon, you said you have him in your top twelve. Yeah, uh, right at the back end. I think he's a back-end QB1, high-end QB2 rest of the season. Uh, we've seen it with Jalen Hurts so far. I know this last game he came out and he he showed up. He's a different kind of back than Cam. I'm not going to act like it's the same. But that rushing floor, and specifically with Cam, those rushing touchdowns give him that upside and that safe floor that some of these other QBs don't have. Um, if you're asking me, like, who's number 12 right now? Uh, Cam Newton, Carson Wentz, rest of the season. That's a close one. But that's about <laughs> the range I put Cam Newton in, right? Um, I think he deserves to belong in that conversation. I'd rather have Carson Wentz as my team's quarterback, but on a fantasy basis, you don't care where those points come from. And Cam's going to get him on the ground. To Simon's yeah. point, like if if the back if that back end of the top twelve is Carson Wentz, like I, I do think Cam's better than Carson Wentz, but um, yeah, I I just don't know that the passing upside is going to be there, and I I worry that CMC is too valuable to that team, you know, for for Cam to really sneak into that. We have our friend Zach checking in saying, Simon, hope that chair is going strong tonight. I don't want you to fall at all. But yeah, I think it's interesting too from the perspective that like this is Cam's job rest of the season. They they're pretend you know, acting like Darnold's gonna be out. PJ Walker's kinda had they his They paid chance. him, man. They really they, paid him. They, they did pay him. And it's funny that they paid replacements when they ended up just bringing Cam back, but but they're going to give him like I think it's with incentives, but up to ten million. Like that's yeah. real money. They're gonna they want him to start like they onward. do. They do. Our next little bit of news and notes: Aaron Jones has a minor MCL sprain. I love how they say like minor MCL sprain, like it's like a boo boo. <laughs> um, but he's going to miss at least the next one or two weeks. So Simon, I want to ask you this: AJ Dillon's an RB one going forward, but where do you rank him? And then are you spending any of your fab on Kylan Hill? Um, AJ Dillon's a top 10 back until Aaron Jones gets back. And even when he is back, he's a flex worthy option. Uh, AJ Dillon was a guy you could plug into your lineup, even with Aaron Jones in there. And I fully expect him to just continue doing what he did this past weekend. Um, Kylan Hill, I'm not spending any of my fab on Kylan Hill. That's a two week rental for the backups backup in green Bay. Um, no, thank you. He was getting a little bit of work this year. I don't know. Eric's thought process, it was the, you know, Benjamin, you just keep getting backups until everybody gets injured. And then, then you have a starter. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I mean, I feel like, and, and kind of transitioning to the next little bit of news, you know, Robert Woods tearing his ACL, like Robert Woods, Derek Henry and Russell Wilson have arguably been the most durable at their position. And they've all suffered major injuries this year. Like I can't think of anyone that is more durable at that given position. Um, Zach checking in saying Kylan Hill's on IR with an ACL tear. Wow. So uh, the injuries, are, Eric. injuries are really stacking up. Good thing uh, waivers go tomorrow. Bid now? I'm doubling yeah. down. I'm <laughs> doubling favorite. down. So next little bit of news and notes, and it's kind of a two-parter. The Rams signed Odell Beckham on Thursday, and then Robert Woods tore his ACL on Friday. And it wasn't thought to be initially serious. He finished practice, did a media session, then they undergo testing, and – you know, obviously out for season. Odell Beckham in his debut, two catches on 18 yards for limited snaps. So, John, what are your expectations for Odell Beckham the rest of the year in the Rams offense? 
So it's really weird timing, and it really does make me think about sort of the butterfly effect. Not that OBJ caused the injury, but who knows, you know, if he takes one step different because he doesn't sign him and Robert Woods doesn't tear his ACL. <laughs> but I think he, he like, he slides right into pretty much where Robert Woods wa- was. So I expect him to be Robert Woods moving forward. They have a little different skill set, but the targets are now gone. Oh, and no, now they're back. Now they're back to OBJ. Whoa, whoa. OBJ doesn't run jet sweeps like Robert Woods. Yes, he does. He, except he throws it. So he adds another it, He does. He does. He, 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 can throw a touchdown. He, does, he doesn't, he doesn't <laughs> want the contact on that. It, it's, it's interesting. I think everybody thought Van Jefferson was going to step into that wide receiver two role. And he looked awful yesterday. He didn't look confident in his route running. He dropped a couple passes that albeit were a little bit difficult, but an NFL receiver should make. So I don't think that's a bad call saying that Odell Beckham is going to slide into the number two wide receiver spot. Maybe run a jet sweep or two. Maybe run a jet sweep or two. Last little bit of news and notes, just some somber news. And I'm looking at you, Brad, as a Washington football team fan. Chase Young torn ACL out for season. Um, You know, hopefully he's going to be back by week one. Um, You know, just one of the. Take your time. Take, take, take your time. Take all of next year, right? ACL is a two-year injury, right? Please. Like, I, I honestly, I, I don't even. Not I, anymore. I hate that, People seem to be coming back in two weeks from ACL Exactly. Like, I, I hate crazy. that, like, everybody's getting so competitive with these ACL recoveries that, like, it's it, what was, like, a career ender has turned into a year, has turned into nine months, has turned into six months. Everybody's just, trying to beat crazy. Adrian Peterson's timeline. Oh, he can he can come back from an ACL tear and run for 2,000 yards, but that's not Take the all the time you need, Chase. No, I'm with you on that. And, and, you know, prayers up for all these players. It seems like this week was just talking about injuries. We're going to go to our next segment, and it's our Week 10 short story. I'm getting better with the sound effects, right? All right. So this is your 60-second story, something you want to come clean on, a victory lap, anything on your mind. Simon, the floor is yours. Man, uh, this one is a formal apology to my girlfriend and her fantasy team. Um, she asked me who to start this weekend, Ramondre Stevenson or Brandon Bolden. Um, as a confident Browns fan, I thought this was going to be a pass-heavy game script for the Patriots, and we all know that did not pan out. Um, so I apologize for having you start Brandon Bolden over Ramondre Stevenson this week, Leanne. That was, a, that was an absolute mistake on my part. She shouldn't have listened to you once you said you were a Browns fan. I know, right? Bad, <laughs> uh, bad judgment from the get-go. All right, John, what's your short story? So I touched on it at the beginning, but um, it's the third season in a row where the Raiders have started hot, beaten some good teams, and then completely fallen apart. So I'm taking the week off. I'm not watching the game, and I may not watch the Thanksgiving game against the Cowboys just for my own sanity because it's the third year in a row. They can't. They did it differently this year, too. They had to add a, a terrible, tragic wrinkle to it on why they collapsed. But here we are again. John, would you rather them like be five and two and then like have this collapse or when the middle school days when they were like, oh, and 16? I think it's 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 almost worse this way because I get my hopes up. I legitimately thought we had a shot at the Chiefs last night or yeah, or two nights ago. And I still think you do. Like, I I still do. I know. And that's why it's so annoying, because I think we do have a shot, but apparently we never will. (laughs) One of the most frustrating teams to follow. Brad, what's your short story? Um, I have a very depleted wide receiving core of my dynasty league, and I've been starting Jamal Agnew for like the past. Five oh my weeks. gosh! And he uh, he finally paid off for me with that sixty-six <laughs> yard touchdown on the ground. He's he's the ultimate gadget player. I wish he would change his number, but he won't. So I uh, I just want to give a shout out to Jamal Agnew. Even watching some Cordero Patterson highlights, that's for sure. Yeah, man. So for me, mine is short. I mean, who knows what to expect in the NFL? The Bills lose at Jaguars and then demolish the Jets. The Cowboys lose at home to the Broncos. It's expected to be a close game with the Falcons. And then they destroy them. Matt Ryan, shout out for the .6 fantasy points, by the way. My team name is named after you now. Like, it just seems like there's no consistency. Like, no team is the team to beat. Bucks lose at Washington. Rams lose two in a row. You know, Cardinals look good against the 49ers, then get blown out at home against the Panthers. It's just like, they say... Each week is a, is a given game, and I, like I, I can't think of a better expression. It's just been so hard to predict. Shout out to anyone that's in their survivor pool. But oh, we got we got the host coming in, David, saying, "My boys, what's Hi, up, David? David? Hey, Dave, we're having fun without you. Okay, get out of here." <laughs> I was about to say, block block him. Yeah, yeah. But we're gonna go to our next segment, 
And it's going to be a new one that I made, and it's going to be keep or dump. And I need to find the uh, the the sound effect I have real quick. I'm getting new, getting better at this. So just give me a second. I felt like that was pretty good. They just I gotta said, say, I don't even hear it. I just I didn't it. hear anything. Yeah, we don't hear it. Oh, okay. Never mind. I'm gonna start. I'm gonna stop. Doing I was that. gonna say this is this is David all over again. Okay, all right. David said he just cut 15 guys from his roster, broke some hearts. All right, Dave, uh, we don't care about that. But I'm gonna give you guys a list of players, and you're gonna tell me whether you're keeping them rest of the season or you're putting them like toilet paper and flushing them down the toilet. So, Brad, I'm gonna start with you. Actually, no, John, I'm gonna start with you because you alluded to it. Robbie Anderson. Somebody that we have been talking about cutting all year. He goes four for 37 and a touchdown on six targets with P.J. Walker and Cam Newton under center. There is a gif of him going around where he's smiling. What do you make of it? Oh, man. I don't know what to make of it. I ironically have him on a team where I also have D.J. Moore that just sort of happened out of happenstance. It certainly wasn't planned to have two Panthers wide receivers going into the season. But I... I think I got to keep him. I think I got to keep him for another, at least another week or two to see how he reacts with Cam. Because if he turns into just Cam's favorite target running slants across the middle, then you'd feel real bad about dropping him after holding on to him for 10 weeks. And I know that I sunk cost and all that, yada, yada, yada. But what's two more weeks when you had him? John, bringing in economics with sunk cost. I love it. (laughs) Is that is that a new segment in economics pod? I'm I'm about. It's, it. I think it's the second pod in a row I've said it, so okay. it, it can it be a new actually. recurring segment. All right, who's, I, ooh, just recurring sunk cost fallacy player of the week. Like who's somebody who you want to cut but you just can't because you spent too maybe, much. Maybe maybe bring in a little bit of GDP or inflation or monetary <laughs> policy next time. Talk about the salary cap. I'm but hoping what, his numbers are inflated. Oh, there we go, Brad. Brad, what are you doing with Robbie? Uh, I'm with Johnny. I, I think you know. Theoretically, his his average depth of target would lead to him not being a good fit with Cam. But you know, he's he's got a touchdown pass already, and you know, honestly, if you already have him on your team, I don't think anything's really changed for you to think that he's going to do more or less this year. So I think if he's still on your roster right now, you have no reason to cut him. Okay. Okay, so we got so two it's not, keeps. It's not, quite, it's not quite a sunk cost, but it's just like... It's a depreciation value. Sure, sure. All right, all right. Simon, what are you doing <laughs> with Robbie? Time value of Robbie Anderson. Yeah, Robbie there Anderson we go. The, the present value of Robbie Anderson. <laughs> we'll have some formula to, to determine players' values moving forward. Simon, what about you? What are you doing with Robbie? I mean, quick shout out to anybody who still has him on their roster with the amount of injuries and what he's been doing for fantasy. Like, good God, you guys held on. But you know what? I'm still dumping him. Like, what? This takes him from like a wide receiver seven to a wide receiver four in best case scenario in my mind. Like, uh, I can find similar value on the waiver wire week in, week out in my eyes. I have no interest in Robbie Anderson rest of the season. Um, I, I don't think Cam changes it too much over there. I, I get the the upside that we, we've seen him uh, succeed before in this offense, but from what I've seen so far this year, I don't think Cam changes it's, the way he's being used too much. It's the allure of like he's basically a mystery box again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, the he thing, could be anything. So Even the Robbie thing, Anderson. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. So the thing why I was off on Robbie Anderson for the longest time is like this guy is one public urination away from being in jail for twenty years. Like he just had so many off the field that's, issues. It, that's. That that's it's why I was too specific, and I don't want to. No, it was just like much he he just it, he but... just needed he just needed like a minor misdemeanor. He he literally. What, what off field issues does he have? I missed this. Oh, speeding, DWI, um, making contact with an officer. Like he he should be doing time right now for the stuff he's gotten away with. It's just kind of athlete privilege. So that was the reason I was scared off of him for a while. But as a talent on the field, he's amazing, and he kind of falls in that. Tyreek Hill category where he just needs one play to be fantasy relevant. Like week one, which he hasn't got 57, hey, 57 <laughs> yard touchdown week one. I that know, made I his know. day right there. So uh, a good, good little bit of banter on here. We're going to go to another wide receiver. It's Mr. Zach Pascal. And he started the season with three touchdowns in two games, none since. And after getting nine catches for 101, tar- uh, 101 yards on 15 targets, last two games, looking like he had a little bit of upside. He goes for two for nine on two targets. So, John, what are you doing with Mr. Pascal? 
I think it's almost similar to what Brad was saying about Robbie Anderson. If you already have him, I don't know if there's technically a better option out there because he's going to be sitting on your bench anyway. If I, I wouldn't have the guts to start him, but at the same time, I don't know if there's somebody who you could swap him out with at this point who you really think will be better. Okay. Okay. I mean, the Colts have been one of the more explosive offensive teams actually in the last month. They've, you know, shown some some high scoring games and you know, Pittman is definitely the wide receiver one and it's kind of a pecking order after that. Simon, what about you? Are you keeping this wide receiver or is he going in the toilet along with Robbie Anderson? Yeah, he's he's going in the toilet. I'm not I'm not keeping him. Um I mean T.Y. Hilton was back this game and then all of a sudden we see Zach Pascal's targets drop off. I don't think that's a coincidence. Uh you can't rely on him in any capacity for fantasy. Okay. Okay, Brad, what about you? I, I echo exactly what Simon said. I He's got two things against him. One, he's inconsistent himself as a receiver, and then his quarterback is also inconsistent. So too much has to go right in a given week. And, you know, with T.Y. Hilton back, he just he doesn't have the same allure for me. I, I, I dump him, absolutely. Hey, I, I don't think there needs to be much more said. My kind of general rule of thumb is if you don't feel confident starting a guy – why have him on your bench? I wouldn't feel comfortable on a bye week because, yes, he can get the touchdowns, but he can also go two for nine, and he's not going to have those high yardage games. Maybe if T.Y. you know gets injured again, he I know he had a neck issue. That's something we revisit. Rodney Santana chiming in. What are your thoughts on Barkley and Carson? So, I'm out on both of them. I mean, Matt Barkley's not that good of a quarterback. I <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think – Carson is a dart throw. I don't like anyone that has a neck issue, especially as physical runner he is. I know Pete Carroll said that he wanted to come out and run the ball, but I think Alex Collins has done a serviceable job. Is Carson even back? They say he's supposed to resume practicing. I they've been very murky about this. It's gonna even if he does come back, it's obviously gonna be under like a smaller workload. You know, I I think I think Saquon is the more interesting one. You know, obviously he spent a a first or second round pick on him uh, coming back from an ankle sprain. What are your guys' expectations, Simon? Um, he's a low end RB one, high end RB two rest of the season. Adjust your expectations. Oh, you're that optimistic. Um, I, I mean, start him. You, you're going to start him rest of the season. If you have him. just adjust your expectations based on where you drafted him. He's not going to be that top three guy week in week out coming in from this injury with the way this offense has been working, but we've seen Devonta Booker get some production there. Saquon Barkley's twice the back Booker is. He's going to be fine for fantasy. Ex- let me, ex- let me ask you, great Devonta let, Booker. Let me ask you guys, if you are in a league where the trade deadline has not passed yet, are you looking to trade Saquon? I wouldn't even have him. I'd like it, Eric, you and if, I if he was on your team. Same. Yeah, we, we had him as RB19, RB20. Everybody called yeah. this crazy. But if he was on your roster, would you trade him now, or do you think that he's going to have some – I know, I know Simon's answer. Yeah. I would have traded him after he had his first good game. Nah, I, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't I feel like you get no value at this point because he's been out for so long. I, I wouldn't trade him. I feel but like I the namesake say, maybe drives could, it a little bit. If you well, could find know. someone who still values him as like a top five. Yeah, back, which I, there's going to be trade people him to out there, you could do it. Yeah, okay. yeah. I'm <laughs> just paying up for him. I know hey, his value. Hey, just just find some Giants fans. They believe that Saquon can do no wrong <laughs> and will never get hurt. And uh, you got your boys back, and you're saying they agree with Simon. You're supposed to disagree. That's what I was going to say. Now, now we are in trouble if we agree. Hope everyone this. is having a good night. Simon, you sure you're not tweeting from this account? You caught but me. Back, back to our stuff for fluff, and we're going to finish out with two running backs. The first, Jeremy McNichols, the popular waiver wire target from a couple weeks ago that David spent 80% of his fab on. Shout out, David. Four carries for seven yards, one catch for one yard on Sunday splitting reps with Adrian Peterson and Deonta Foreman. So, Brad, what are you doing to Mr. McNichols in a PPR league? Because I don't think he has any value in standard. You keeping or are you cutting? I was a huge McNichols guy. Um, every time he gets the ball, he shows flashes that he should be a starter. Um, for All seven reason, of those yards he was showing. Yeah, <laughs> for whatever reason, like I, maybe they see him in practice and they see something I don't see, but um, – I think he's absolutely a drop candidate. I've already dropped him in my one of my dynasty leagues. Um, I I just think that if you have the opportunity to start um, McNichols and you decide that you want to go get Adrian Peterson and Dante Foreman, and then you give Adrian Peterson the goal line carries, and you know Dante Foreman still out snaps him, like it's just a 
it's just a situation where it's clear that he's not desired in any sort of um, capacity that will help you in your fantasy season. So I, I, he's he's a clear drop for me. Well, I guess he uh, he affected someone on front yard fantasy. We don't have to talk about McNichols. He let him down hard. I think he let a lot of people down hard. Josh, you feeling similar to your co-host? I'm sorry, Simon. <laughs> oh, I think my uh, my video cut out there for a second. I'm back now, though. Uh, it's good. I confused you with your co-host, Josh, and then your video cut out. But uh, what do you think about Jeremy McNichols? Keep cut. I'm so sad. I was, uh, Josh convinced me. I was bought in um, that he was going to be the guy to roster there. And it's just been heartbreaking to watch. I'm right there with Brad. Not too much else to add. You can drop him at this point. Brad, who is that Browns running back who you convinced me to get last year? Uh, Dearness Johnson. No, 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 no. It was someone else I thought. Um, I think Dearness was, Johnson was, bamboozled a lot is, of people. Is, is, is this going to be uh, related don't, to don't, Jeremy McNichols, John? Yeah, uh, yeah I was going to say, don't think about it too hard, but this is the same thing. Brad also got me excited about Jeremy McNichols, and he, <laughs> he certainly <laughs> – this is two two years in a row, Brad, for backup running backs. I no longer trust you. I'm so sorry. But I just think it's weird if the Titans really didn't like him and they thought Adrian Peterson, who was available all offseason, and Foreman, who was available all offseason, were better – why why did they wait until an entry to Derrick Henry? I know they didn't expect Henry to get hurt, but like if you have this disdain for your own player, why didn't you just replace him at the beginning of the season? Yeah, that's true. And and you know, he's a 28-29 year old journeyman, so he's kind of been I think around. Demetric Felton, Johnny. Yes, that's exactly who it was. It was. It was. <laughs> that's a good grab. I mean, here's the thing about McNichols. I think if you can stash him on your bench, you do just because an injury to Peterson and Foreman, I don't think they bring someone else in. Um, and I think that they're kind of competing with the in between the tackles running back. I having one catch for one yard, he's, you know, usually gotten about four to five targets each game. So if you can stash him, but if you need with bye weeks coming up or injuries, I think he's one of the first cut candidates. The last one, Mr. J.D. McKissick, he had six touches in Sunday's game after getting 16, 8, and 11 the previous three games. Antonio Gibson had a career-high 24 carries in the win against Tampa Bay. Simon, what are you doing with J.D. rest of the year? You keeping him? On the towel rack, or is he going in the toilet and then we're flushing the crew? The only running back situation that's confused me more than this Gibson situation is the the Eagles running back core, but I think we're all <sighs> in agreement on that one. Um, I still – I know they gave all the work to Gibson here, and that was great, but I still am worried about that stress fracture in the shin. That doesn't just go away. The only yeah. way that heals is with rest. And I feel like any given week, it could act up, it could flare up, you could agitate it in practice. And then all of a sudden, J.D. McKissick has a very clear path to more touches. Um, I, I'm keeping J.D. McKissick, if at all possible. And then okay. if they get a negative game scripts, like they weren't necessarily in this weekend, um, J.D. McKissick is the guy. They don't trust Antonio Gibson fully in that receiving role yet. Okay. John, what are your thoughts? I was going to echo exactly the same about just at some point, they're not going to be beating the Buccaneers in a football game. They're going to be losing. And that's when they do these little dump passes to JD McKissick. All right. I mean, we got president of uh, Jeremy McNichols fan club, Josh he is. coming in. Uh, I mean, the Ravens running back situation is pretty confusing. Uh, they cut Le'Veon Bell today. They haven't been playing Tyson Williams. It seems like still the team is Tyson Williams. Devonta Freeman. No, I think you keep um, picking up these players until they're the starter. That's what happens. Somebody's I think they get cut Lev Bell because Latavius Murray is coming back soon. If I had to guess. So, Brad, as the Washington football team fan, I know you're the Jared Patterson truther, but what are your yeah. thoughts about the other running back that's not Gibson, that's not Patterson, that's McKissick? I've had McKissick on my roster all year just simply because I was scared of the turf toe that Gibson had in the in the early in the early um part of the year this year. So I you know, if it's not one injury, it's another with Gibson. And on top of that, like they're lining McKissick up in the slot. Um, they put him in on third down as a third down back. I, I, McKissick has too much value to me. You know, even if McKissick is healthy or if uh, Gibson's healthy, that I wouldn't drop McKissick. So I, I like McKissick a lot. Yeah, I'm with you guys. I, I have him on a non-PPR team. Uh, he just gets a lot of volume. It, it's interesting that it's kind of fluctuated a little bit, I'd say. You know, in the 8 to 12 is where to expect him. Six touches mm -hmm. is pretty low. But for that, yeah. you know, we've seen a bunch of running backs go down. I mean, I think the fact that Derrick Henry got hurt shows that no running back is safe. 
And it's the time of year now where you really have to get these handcuffs so that when the playoffs come around, you have viable starters or you have enough depth. So glad that we agreed on that one. I put it at the end, so hopefully we were all on board for it. But flushing it down the toilet of the ones we said, and we're going to our next segment of stuff. The first sound effect I've heard. I, you know, I got to do these manually now because you can't hear it on my computer. I'm going to get better, but it's stuff or fluff. Dun dun! Law and order. So I'm going to read a statement right here. And Simon, the way that it goes, you have to say whether it's stuff, whether there's validity to it, or fluff, and it's just some garbage, some paparazzi, some TMZ you know, material. So we got a couple here. The first, John, I'm going to start with you. The Chiefs should be the favorite out of the AFC. Thank, stuff thank or fluff? God. Thank God David's not on for this. <laughs> for, the, for the record, uh, Mahomes threw about four interceptable passes, two of which went off players' hands. So just saying, you know, I guess his luck is back. But, um, I mean, yeah, of course they are. You, everybody in the AFC West was thinking the same thing too. Raiders fans, Chargers fans, Broncos fans all thought they were still the favorite. I'm, I'm not comfortable until they're dead and buried. I've heard some people say the Bills. Some people have said that the Patriots get hot at the right time. The Titans are the number one overall seed right now. So I don't think it's a gimme as years pass. But stuff from a Raiders fan is a big thing to admit. Brad, what about you? Stuff or fluff? I've, I've been trying to say that the Chiefs are going to be fine all year. Um, I've been trying to calm David down about it. Let, um, let I, us enjoy when they're bad. Brad. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I can't. Like, even even when um, – uh, um, what's his name? Even when Mahomes isn't playing well, and, like, he's always going to throw interceptable passes. He's Brett Favre. He's a gunslinger. Like, he's, he's just going to do that. That's a part of his identity. Um, he's going to have bad games. He's going to have good games. All in all, if their defense is even average – they're going to be probably the best team in the league. So I, I, I think they're the favorite to me. All right, Simon, what about you? Are we going to get some disagreement here? I mean, I, I'm mostly in line with these guys, but you mentioned a bunch of the other teams that are really killing it in the AFC as well. I, I think it's a little bit too much to say that they're the clear favorites. I'll say fluff, uh, Bills, Titans, Ravens. These are all teams with the talent to compete with the um, with the Chiefs. I, I'll say fluff, and it's less an indictment on them and more uh, – pushing up some of these other good teams in the AFC. Yeah. And and it's interesting because, you know, the chiefs have come out of the AFC the last two years. And so I think they're the betting favorite. And I think in a given game, I'd feel more confident with picking them over anyone else, but we've seen Buffalo come into Kansas city and win this year, you know, just like we talked about with, you know, Buffalo beating uh, or losing to Jacksonville, beating the jets that it's anything can happen. So I think especially the bye is important. If the if Tennessee can keep the bye and have home field advantage, maybe get Derrick Henry back for the playoffs, it's a different team. But I'm going stuff. I do think the Chiefs are the favorite as well. It's so easy to like there it's so easy to overreact to every single week in NFL. Like it's just yeah. every game is not what you expect. You just have to go with, you know, the long term uh the long term average of of what players have shown you and we know Brad are, are you new is. to the sports or the fantasy industry <laughs> like everybody you know somebody yeah. uh, Tyler Lockett in, gets in an 80 yard catch about in people's defense about the Chiefs they were reacting to like eight games not yeah, <laughs> I think it was the, de- the defense was always bad like Mahomes that's true you know, but they were reacting to, to Mahomes as well it's like what you know Mahomes is a good quarterback like yeah. there's nothing to there's no, no I've been staying for about. years. He's Geno Smith with a good offense around. As a hot take. Like <laughs> oh, if, you, if Mahomes you, was your quarterback, you'd take him. Yeah. No, I, I think that's that's all agreement. I mean, the Chiefs, if not the favorite, are one of the favorites. Absolutely. The next, Brad, I'm going to start with you on this. Ramondre Stevenson is the Patriots running back to own rest of season. Stuff or fluff? I'm going to go fluff. I, I think Damian Harris is still the guy. He's always been the guy. If he's healthy, Belichick gives him all the carries. And um, Stevenson, he may have earned himself like the role of a of a Taylor or Bolden, like to take on that that uh, that role of the person who relieves um, Damian Harris. But I think Harris is still the guy. Okay, Simon, what about you? Yeah, it's fluff, but um, he's moved into that tier of like uh, Madison, Pollard, Dylan, like these backups that I'm unbelievably interested in having rostered in case something happens to the starter. I agree. Uh, I, I agree with what Brad said. It's Damian Harris's backfield. He showed us that he's a stud during and before the concussion. Um, But Ramondre Stevenson moved up a tier as far as backups that you want to roster for me. Okay. I want to see those preseason guys show out, man. 
how, how, how quickly people forget he was a healthy scratch just a few weeks ago. Like it, it's yeah. <laughs> clearly going to be Damian Harris is already back at practice. Like it's yeah. already, it's already done. Yep. Okay. Uh, John, are you in the same boat where you think, Hey, it's fluff? Yeah. It, like I said, Harris is already back practicing. So it, it was a fun run for uh, the Bull and Ramondre Stevenson crew, but you know, it, he was a healthy scratch just a few weeks ago. They clearly don't think he's the number one guy or he wouldn't be a healthy scratch when Harris is healthy. Well, I don't take that really into consideration because Bill Belichick, like Jonas Gray has a 200 yard four touchdown game and then cuts him like that. That's the mental gymnastics. I was going to say it was fluff, but I want to go contrarian and say it's stuff. So Ramondre Stevenson had a five yards per carry 20 for a hundred, two touchdowns, four catches on the ground. I think he's definitely overtaken the Brandon Bolden role. I think Brandon Bolden will go back to special teams eventually. I think that they have the kind of the long-term season in doubt, and, and you don't rush Damian Harris back from a concussion. You kind of ease him back into the workload. But Ramondre Stevenson has kind of shown that explosiveness that Damian Harris didn't have. And I think it's a split backfield, but Harris or Stevenson's receiving upside gives him kind of that 1A, 1B over Damian Harris. So... Are we swinging back the other way on concussions? Because I feel like there was like a period of time when all the controversy was going where people were missing a lot of time for concussions. And now it seems like at least it varies. From, so like, I know, I, but at least from what I've seen, like people, Tyrell Williams got a, a concussion in a, in a week. Tyrell Williams got a concussion week one and they said he's not even close to returning and the Lions well, cut his, him. Well, it used to be like even last year or a couple of years ago, if you came off the field for even like a concussion test, they weren't going to mess with it. Like you were just off. You're, you're not coming back in the game. Now I'm seeing guys come back. Like if they pass the test. So it's yeah. I, to Johnny's point, I think the block was kind of hot. So they were like, if you're, if you're even on the concussion, you know, protocol, we're not going to mess around with this, but now they're it's, it's up to the player. It seems like. I just want to know what the concussion protocol is. Like they ask him, are you concussed? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Well, he said a word. He's I, good. I, I joked you know, when, when, Gronk took a big hit a couple of seasons ago. He just uses that little like children's toy where he has to put the triangle in the triangle <laughs> and the square in the square. And then once Gronk does that, he's back. Oh yeah. <laughs> and we, we, had a, we had a test in high school wrestling that we had to pass to be allowed to wrestle like our concussion protocol. And it was very similar to what you're saying. It was basically like click the polar bear, like fill in this <laughs> pattern. One, two blank, four, five. Like it was super simple stuff that we yeah. were having to do. And then we're, we're just calling USAA. You can't get their insurance. <laughs> we're, we're, we're still on the concussion list. <laughs> oh man. We're, we're joking about a very serious topic, but obviously having some, you know, light in front of it. The next stuff or fluff, Simon, we're starting with you. Tua will be the Dolphins starting quarterback in 2022. God, I hope mm. so. Um, or I am giving up on the rebuild that they're pretending to do in Miami. Um, if two is not the starting quarterback there next year, I, I don't know what's going on. I'll, I'll say stuff. He, he's got to be the starting quarterback there. They missed out on or missed out on. They did not get a trade done for Deshaun Watson. I'm not going to say they missed out on anything. Um, <laughs> right. So I, I think two was the, the, the lead guy going into next year. Okay, John. I, I hope I, I hope you, I've never seen a team – except for maybe Josh Rosen, just like give up so quickly. Yeah, so at least bad. that was to get Kyler Murray. Like, but this is just outrageous. Askins. He's coming off of an injury and they just are, are done with him. Okay. I, okay. For me, it's like, I, I don't know. I don't know what they're looking for. Like, what do you want out of the dude? Like he just threw 400 yards a couple of weeks ago. He's you good. just put him in with a messed up finger and he won the game for you. Like, whoa. I, I'm sorry. He's not Dan Marino. I'm sorry. He's not putting up Herbert numbers. You don't scrap a guy that's actually having success. Like, let him grow, let him develop, let him make mistakes. You can't, you can't get better having such a short leash. You can't get better knowing that if every mistake you have, somebody's gonna pull you just because you know radio shows are are calling for for starting over. Like, it's. I, I think Tua has had a lot of success, and I don't know what Miami would want for them for him not to be the quarterback next year. I, I think Miami having that good season last year, like mainly because their defense really tricked them into what they should have expected out of this year. It did. And is they, it? Go ahead, Derek. I was going to say, is it crazy for me to think it's fluff? And like, here's the reasoning why: Aaron Rodgers and Russell Wilson are probably going to request a trade this offseason. Like, it's the secret's out. Okay. And, yeah, that's fair. And figure they get traded out of the conference. 
So how many teams in the AFC need a quarterback? You could say maybe the Dolphins, the Steelers, probably the Texans, and they don't have the draft capital, and the Broncos. So I think that they say, look, you know, we we have a lot of picks that we stockpiled. We didn't go for Deshaun Watson. You know, they have Jalen Waddell, who knows what they'll do, you know, to replace. It it seems like they can never have a healthy wide receiver, too, between Will Fuller and Devontae Parker. They have Gasicki. I think they say, you know what, we're going to make a move. And we're going to try to trade for one of these two quarterbacks. And hopefully you have to give up a little less draft capital if you Eric, include Tua. I think Aaron Rodgers is just able to get out of his contract. I don't think he needs to be traded. He does have to be traded, I think, next year. But, um, Eric, that's that's a good take. Like, I, if, if the answer is they're going to go with an established quarterback who you know is already, like, a Hall of Famer, I could see that happening. If they're just going to get rid of him and, like, try to draft a new dude, like, I think that's stupid. Well, here, here's my thing. They're paying a lot of money on the defensive side of the ball. I mean, Xavier Howard and Byron Jones have the two biggest cornerback contracts. They've invested a lot in that defense, Brian Flores being kind of that philosophy. So I, I think when you have a quarterback like Russell Wilson or Aaron Rodgers, we've seen how much they cover up a team's fault for how the their teams look when they're not playing. The only so, thing is, like, if, if I think this year has shown they're not like a quarterback away. The defense isn't as strong from year to year. To, to say we just need this quarterback. Like, They've been the, on a good stretch recently. They've been on a but good stretch Washington, recently. Washington, for instance. Like Washington made the playoffs last year on the strength of their defense. This year the defense isn't as good. Uh, I'm not liking the scheme. I, I think it's Del Rio more than anything. But it'll be interesting to see. I, I think it's not a lock that Tua starts. And, you know, interesting just for them drafting a quarterback and him not really giving a reason for them not to. The last stuffer fluff here, we talked about him earlier. The Ernest Johnson is a flex play the rest of the year when Chubb is healthy. John, stuff or fluff? I I think he is, as long as he's the second running back there, as long as either... We, we'll assume Kareem Chubb Hunt is out. Chubb. Okay, as long as that's the case, they need a two-punch for that one-two punch that they like to run up there, and he proved it uh, last week and the week before, and then probably the week before too. I'd have to look back at the last three, but he's he's been consistently good, and it almost makes me question: Are they just system running backs up there in Cleveland? Okay, okay. I mean that that's a fair question to ask, Brad. What about you? Um, I, I think Johnson has had far too much success for him to just get like cut from your team if he's going to be the number two running back. Um, the, we've seen like Chubb is the, uh, the all time one a in that, in that offense, but you know, whether it be hunt, whether it be Johnson, whether it be Felton, whoever's the number two running back there is going to get, you know, that 10 to 12 touches range regardless. So if that's the case with that offensive line, that's a, that's a, that's an asset that you should have on your team. Okay. All right. So we're, we're two and one. Simon said no. So Simon, let's hear the counter. I am full disagree on this one. Um, if Nick Chubb's playing, you you literally could not pay me to put Dearness Johnson in a lineup if Nick Chubb is playing. Um, so week seven and I'm a Browns fan. So maybe I'm a little bit harsher on some of this Ah. stuff. People always say, uh, they have bias towards their home team. I've got bias against my team, but, uh, week seven, whenever he was the lead back 22 carries 146 yards and a touchdown fantasy, sweetheart waiver wire, darling, Next week, Nick Chubb comes back. He has four carries for 22 yards, okay? The following week, Nick Chubb also active, eight carries for 16 yards. Nick Chubb goes out again, 19 carries, 99 yards. He is only being used whenever there is no other option. Nick Chubb is the one punch and the two punch whenever Kareem Hunt is out. They're just going to give him all the carries. I'm not starting to earn a So he's the hook jab? He's the hook jab, Nick Chubb. Okay. He's the cross uppercut? (laughs) All right. right. Now you lost me. All right. All right. I mean, I think you I think you play him and you talked about I mean, he had some really good games and I think it's different looking at the stats and then watching the games. He's very explosive. He has a jump cut. He runs hard. I kind of like the people that have a chip on their shoulder. You know, I, I feel like a running back like him that isn't very established. You run hard every play because you want to try to earn that contract If the Browns aren't going to pay you and you're a free agent. Then, you know, have another team throw the bag at you for what you've shown in the limited amount of time. And the, the Browns are very run heavy. You know, we'll see if Baker plays this week, but I think that's their identity. No matter, you know, who's under center or who's starting at running back, that they are going to run first. And here's that offensive that. line that they're paying. Yeah, I love Dearness Johnson. And to, to Johnny's point, it is a bit of a system. Whoever they plug in at running back, I think is going to be successful. But 
I just don't think Dearness Johnson is going to see enough volume whenever Chubb's healthy to make hey, him. Hey, Simon, we're going off script here a little bit, but what do you think about Baker? Ooh. Um, I hate that I'm in the same division or that they're in the same division as Burrow and Lamar because it makes me a lot less excited. Uh, of those three young quarterbacks, he's my least favorite. But I think do you pay him? Yeah. I think so. He's in that Kirk Cousins range, and I'd rather have him than Kirk Cousins because he's a bit younger. You get some more. That's a wrong answer. It's a wrong answer. We'll have to debate this for another day. You go and get Tua. Baker for Tua. Who says no? (laughs) That's a tough one. Don't make me think about that. Yeah, here's what I do about Baker. You make a hard offer. You you offer him something maybe in the year of, you know, in the era of, or the, the range of five year, 100 mil. You don't overpay. You say, look, this is what we're prepared to offer you. Go out and find something more on the market. He can't Baker, as a player. You can't take that because you have a responsibility to the other players to continue to get your market value. He's not going to take that five hundred. He's going to go. He's he's looking for at least two two hundred plus. Nah, I, I couldn't do that. I mean, nah, maybe I more, maybe you maybe you front load the contract so he's getting more in his first couple of years, like the 49ers did with Jimmy Garoppolo. I guess we'll have to see on that. Good uh, good segue, Bradder. Way to take us out of it. We got our last segment here. The obscure tight end touchdown of the week. And this was going to be a sad trombone noise. And that's for me because I haven't gotten one this year. So which tight end is rostered in 50% or less of ESPN league scores a touchdown? It's because I try to be obscure. I try to pick like third string tight end. That's what I was trying to do too much. Like if they were like under 10% owned, I was like, oh boy, this one's going to be fun when I'm right. And then I'm not right. (laughs) All right. So Simon, you're the guest. Who is the obscure tight end that finds the end zone this week? Man, how obscure do I have to go? Uh, Less than 50%. Less than 50%. Um, I don't have the logs up in front of me, but I have to assume uh, Hayden Hurst is probably under 50% owned. Uh, Hayden Hurst? Let me. He, he probably is fifty less than fifty percent owned. Uh, he's one point two percent owned. So you're good. Okay, so that's a little less than fifty. I have to assume the Patriots are going to come try to shut down Kyle Pitts in this game. So opens it up for Hayden Hurst a little bit. I'll take that shot. Okay, I've taken him in the past and he hasn't scored, but we'll see if he does now. <laughs> John, what about you? I was going to go CJ Uzama. Uh, the Raiders are notoriously bad about covering tight ends for twenty years. So here we go again, and I'm not going to watch it. So crazy that he's watch, watch him get a touchdown. Crazy that he's the tight end ten, and he's only rostered in sixteen point five percent of leagues. Like he's a tight end <laughs> one on that's getting touchdowns, but isn't getting the ownership. So it's, it's crazy. That's good, good play, Brad. I'm gonna have you go last because you've been doing too well, and I don't want anyone cherry picking off you. I'm gonna keep going with obscurity. I'm gonna go Gerald Everett. He had eight targets last week. I don't think the Seahawks get shut out again. Typically, games between them and Arizona have been a little bit higher scoring. I think the finger is affecting his ability to throw the ball downfield, so he's doing a lot more uh, underneath routes, and I think Everett's going to find the end zone. Hopefully, fingers crossed. But all right, Brad, which player is going to score a touchdown? Because we already know you're going to get it. He's uh, 23% owned in leagues right now. Um, He's got touchdowns in the last two of his games. I'm going Evan Ingram. Um, They're playing the Bucs. The Bucs have that, that weak passing defense right now. They're very depleted with injuries. We see Richard Sherman's going out again. So I like Evan Ingram for that that red zone touchdown. Makes mental note to place bet on Evan Ingram anytime touchdown. Well, <laughs> let's see uh, who gets it right. Brad's killing it. I think he's in the leaderboard. John is in second. The guests haven't had much success. David's got one. I've got a big old goose egg. But we're getting to the fun parts of the show now. We got our question of the week sponsored by Monkey Knife Fight. Make sure you create an account. New depositors are going to receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. Use co- promo code Triple Play. And if you are on Monkey Knife Fight, do those touchdown builders. You have to pick three players that score over 2.5, 3.5, or 4.5 touchdowns. There's no salary cap. That's something that I've really liked on there and have been hitting well. So our question of the week was a surprise from John. So what is it? Yeah, so it. It's kind of a theme on um, my my Raiders angst this week, but how many losing seasons would you take in a row if you knew a Super Bowl was at the end of them? Like, would you oh, lose wow. 15, like se- 15 seasons in a row just to get one is it, is 20 it re- seasons in a row? And we have to be realistic, like, right? you stop? Yeah. Okay. What a great question. Okay. Huh. Brad, I mean, go first. Here. That's a great question. Okay. Um. 
All right, let me just think about like my actual tolerance. So I've been a Washington fan my entire life. I have yet to see a Super Bowl uh, like a, as a conscious and, and adult. I, and I mean losing seasons. Like, yeah, not yeah, yeah. like, oh, we made the playoffs. Well, there's some hope. Not a seven and nine, but like a bottom of the yeah. barrel. The RG3 yeah. season was the happiest season I've ever had as a Washington fan. And I didn't actually think we could win the Super Bowl. I just always thought we had a chance to win. Um, so I, I'd say re- realistically, like if I knew there was going to be a Super Bowl at the end of the rainbow, I, I, like 15 years, I guess. Like I, I just, <laughs> I have no, I have never tasted like a Super Bowl championship. So I, I know that I have that tolerance of like 15 years and still remaining a fan. So I'd say that. Okay, Simon, we're going to you as a as a hurt Browns fan. I mean, you're <laughs> I mean, you're, you're kind of in the same boat as Brad, where you've been waiting for a while. I mean, until two years ago, I feel like there was zero hope of the Browns ever winning a Super Bowl. Like it looked like they were just destined to be bottom of the barrel NFL team for the rest of my life. And you know what? I had no intentions of switching teams. So if you told me I was guaranteed a Super Bowl as long as I'm alive, <laughs> I like I I honestly think that's the answer. If it's yeah. 60 years, but you tell me I'm going to be alive for it, like I'm not jumping off the Browns. I'm thinking of like the how the Cubs, they went like 104 years without winning a World Series. And, you know, like fans that are like 18 are experiencing the same joy as fans that are like 80. <laughs> it's so, not the same joy. It's not the same joy. Okay. I mean, yeah, one one has just been through years of suffering. John, I'm interested almost, to hear your answer. It's almost I, like the longer you wait, like the sweeter it is. You know? Yeah. Like John's yeah. About and to that's sort of, <laughs> it's, yeah. I mean, it's, you know, it's been sort of similar, you know, you haven't been bottom, bottom of the barrel, but, you know, only had one winning season in like 20 years and the quarterback broke his leg. So <laughs> it wasn't all fun in games. I kind of think if I knew if I knew that I was going to get a, a championship, I guess yeah, I, I guess I just have to stay on until I got it. Otherwise, what's the point, right? <laughs> All right. So for me, I have two answers. One, I'll wait 15 years. I've had my heart broken in the Super Bowl twice, losing to the two teams in the AFC I hate the most. Losing in the NFC Championship to the Seahawks on their Richard Sermon deflected pass. I've had enough heartbreak. So 15 years, I'm going with Brad's answer. If they get their revenge over Kansas City and I get to watch the game with David and metaphorically drag my nuts across his face and get my revenge, (laughs) I'll wait 50 years for that. Like, I just I just think it's almost better. Like the Cubs, the the 18 year old doesn't care that the Cubs won the won the championship. The person who's been waiting around forever. I'll tell you this. If I could have killed David for like two hours, I would have done it. (laughs) <laughs> at night. I mean, like, that's how frustrated I was, and and having an emotional David who cried when the Chiefs won. I will won. say, Eric, like I've never, I've never experienced like going to the Super Bowl and losing. I imagine that would hurt way more than just never making the playoffs. So I, um, your stomach is tossing and turning. Like I was sitting in bed and I was like, what could I have done differently? I'm like, wait a second, there's nothing I could have done. It's not like I could turn the TV <laughs> oh, off. It's no, not like I. I I think that for middle, like week eight games, I think, damn, if I like followed my superstition, maybe uh, Deshaun Jackson wouldn't have freaking ran the wrong way and fumbled the ball. So here's the only thing. Here's the only thing that made me feel better is I put a hundred dollars on the Chiefs to win. So I was like, okay, at least I made like eighty bucks. Like I emotional hedge. The emotional hedge. Everybody gives me crap for it, but in instances like that, like. You kind of have to, but John, great question. Great question. That was a a great question. Great question. And we're sticking with, I thought of it two minutes before I, uh, wow. Wow. Good. (laughs) He started thinking more of them on the fly, but we're going to finish up with the game of the week. And we're sticking with John. Who's got his normal coach or philosopher quote game, right? Yeah, you took it. You took it right out of my mouth. I'm doing the uh, coach or philosopher quote. Uh, I'm going to give you a quote. It's either by a NFL head coach, past or present, or a philosopher, because aren't NFL head coaches really just modern day philosophers? You even have and... the same quote to intro it on. I love it. <laughs> well, because sometimes I, there was a period when I was doing this where we kind of forgot why I was doing it. <laughs> I was just sort of throwing some quotes on the board. But um, yeah, and if you so you guess whether it's a philosopher or head coach, and if you guess the head coach or philosopher correctly, you get a bonus point. 
And as I always say, keep track of your own points. I am not your mother. I got five of them for you. And here we go. The uh, first one is you can learn a line from a success and a book from failure. And we will start with Eric. Can you say it one more time? You can learn a line from a success and a book from failure. Um, I'm going to go philosopher and we're going to get our Lao quote or Lao one out early. <laughs> Brad. I'm going to go coach Lombardi. Go on. Simon. Oh, it doesn't have to be active NFL coaches. It can be uh, no past or present. No, no, yeah, past or present. I'll go coach as well, and I will go with an active one. Um, I'll say Staley. So when I did this, I didn't know we had a Browns fan, but that is that is Coach Paul Brown. Oh wow! Oh, oops. <laughs> so there we go. Just uh, happy happy accidents here, Bob Ross. Uh, the next one is uh, make the best of what's in your power and take the rest as it happens. So we'll start with Brad. I'm going to go philosopher and Descartes. Simon? Um, I'll go philosopher and I have no idea. Um, Nietzsche? I'll go philosopher as well, Aristotle. That is philosopher... Epictetus. Uh, of Ooh, course, Epictetus. Yeah. Oh, wow, a new one. <laughs> a new Everybody, one. Everybody's favorite. Everybody's favorite. I haven't gotten to that chapter yet. People often fail when they're about to succeed. If you remain as careful at the end as the beginning, there will be no failure. Simon. I'll go coach. Um, I'll say Belichick. I'm blanking. Eric, I can't name a single NFL coach. <laughs> uh, coach Jimmy Johnson. Bradley. I'm going to go philosopher, and I think that's our trusty Lao quote. That is. That is our, crush, our trusty nice. Lao Tzu quote, our Lao Tzu quote of the day. I just need to say Lao Tzu for every answer. <laughs> You'll eventually get two points. I will. <laughs> And our next one is, it's hard enough to remember my opinions without also remembering my reasons for them. Uh, Eric. Coach Lombardi. Brad. I'm going to go Coach Parcells. Simon. And you know what? I'm going to just differentiate myself here, a little bit of game theory, and I'll say philosopher Socrates. That is philosopher Friedrich Nietzsche. Ah, said it on the wrong one. Yeah, a couple, a couple <laughs> I know. I will. It's, it's definitely it's between always, you guys because I have one. I always point, try so. to uh, not have a little smile when somebody jumps the gun <laughs> on a philosopher. <laughs> I love it. Philosophy, economics, game theory. Like we got this football. <laughs> this podcast got it all. This is, a, this is a thinking man's podcast here. So, what's what are people's points right now as we we round into? The I've got four. One? I got one. I've got, I've got three. Ooh. So it looks like this could be Brad's game unless somebody gets the uh, philosopher correct or head coach. Oh uh, yeah, I think it's a philosopher now. The the man on top of a mountain didn't fall there. And we'll start with you, Brad. I'm gonna say coach. John Gruden, disgrace to John Gruden. You think I would do a John Gruden quote at this yeah, point? Yeah, I'm, I'm being good. I'm being a good guest here. Good host. Simon. Say. Well, I, I think you, you set it up for me to take philosopher. I, I have to if I want a chance of winning. And I'll stick with uh, Socrates because I was one too early on Nietzsche. So I'll say I'm one too early <laughs> on Socrates too. Philosopher, and you're giving us two lousy quotes today. <laughs> Ooh, if only, if only. This is a head coach, Vince Lombardi, and I thought oh, this wow. was actually like the most philosophy quote. I, well, was. I was one. I was one off on two of them with uh, Lauzu and Lombardi. <laughs> so this is Bradley's Bradley's win. He's the uh, most learned of all of everyone. Uh, Brad, I wish I had the... FaceTime. I'm gonna give my FaceTime over to Simon. I wish I had the applause to give you. 
But it's okay, it's okay. I'm, I'm going to go make a philosopher quote Quizlet after this and start prepping for the next time I come on. <laughs> oh, I love it. Down. I love it. Simon, thank you so much for joining us. Before we log out, you know, anything you want to plug, where they can find you, things that FYF are working on, what your next tattoo is going to be, recommendations on where to hide a pizza in a bush so that you can get it after a game. <laughs> Um, if you're going to hide a pizza in a bush, make sure it's high enough so kids can't see it when they're walking by. Uh, most adults don't peek into bushes, but, you know, kids are always playing around there. Um, but I just wanted to thank you guys so much for having me on Crazy. today. <laughs> um, I really appreciate you guys uh, allowing me to come on and talk football with you. This was a ton of fun. Uh, if you want to find me, you can find me on Twitter at FYF Simon, then Front Yard Fantasies on Twitter at Front Yard FYF. And like I said earlier, we are live every day, Monday through Friday at 3 p.m. Eastern time for the Fantasy Football Game Show. That's our bread and butter. Uh, so come on over and play some games with us. Um, we have a lot of fun. Yeah, it's a really good time. And, you know, it's kind of it's different. It's different. You know, everybody yeah. gives you their takes, their Twitter things like this is a good way to just kick back at 3 p.m. and say, you know what, I'm going to take 30 minutes from work and get out of corporate America. Appreciate everybody tuning in, whether you're on the live stream, whether the pod version, whether you're injecting it into your veins. Make sure you catch us next week. Maybe David will be back as a host. Hopefully not. But I will steal its quote and say we're going to be like a bread truck and haul these buns. Catch you on the next one.